Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Why did we stand? Because then you would have sat down and I was going to stand you right back up for prayer. And we want to be the fittest church in town, but, but I didn't want to wear you out, okay? So, hey, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Where does our help come from? comes from the Lord. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, we love you this morning. We have come to lift up your name. We have declared today of a truth that your name is above every name that is named. And now, God, as we turn to your holy and written word, Lord, we want to listen up. I believe that you have things you want us to hear, you want us to know, you want us to receive today. I I thank you for holy information to come to us today that will be life-changing, that will be marriage-changing, that will be family-changing, that will be relationship-changing. God, that you do a holy and lasting thing in us and for us and through us today. And I pray that when everything is said and done this morning, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you'd be pleased, that you'd be honored, and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. And that's our prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Hey, help me welcome our online and our East Campus today. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. You may be seated. You may be seated. So glad you're all here today. And uh, we had a wonderful first service. We've had a wonderful second service so far. So don't blow it, okay? So, Hey, we're continuing in our series, What Happy Families Know. Next week, I think I'm going to shift it up and do what sad families know. It's all kind of the same stuff. It just depends on where you you land on it. Around here, most of the time, we're teaching in a series, taking our time, usually about six weeks or so, because of the importance of this information. We're actually going eight weeks, and uh, we start week five today, and when we finish this series, it will be Palm Sunday, uh, and then Easter. So all of that is coming up. We've got some great things planned uh, for the Super Bowl of Christianity. That, that all is coming up. Well, a series, we believe, is a season that God is saying something to us as a church family. And we want to be very deliberate about that and, and to receive what God has for us. He still speaks to us through, through his word and by his spirit and through this, uh, Paul called it in, in the book of 1 Corinthians, the foolishness of preaching that we can come together and, and through this transaction somehow our lives get changed. And that God, phew, God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And for somebody to think, well, I don't know what church would ever do. I'm telling you what, it will change our lives as we intentionally come together like this. And he meets with us. Amen. I said he meets with us. He said, two or three gathered together in my name. He said, I am right there in the midst of you. And um, I just believe the Lord wants to do something great for you and for your family and for your relationships. Now, we're talking about family, and I don't know that context for you right now. Um, 
maybe you got a whole lot of kids or maybe you've got empty nest or uh, you never had kids or you're married or you're not married for whatever reason or what, whatever it would be, all of this will apply to your context. And so take that. And again, with everything we teach, it is first of all to help you, but then it is also to help you so that you can help others. If you're with me, say amen today. I apologize, it's St. Patrick's Day. I'm Irish. I forgot to wear green, all right? So forgive me, Jesus. All right. Well, happy in the big sense of the word. Not like, you know, I'm stuck in traffic and they didn't have chocolate, ice cream. You know, it's it's not that happy. This is the big word happy here. Remember that happy is not happenstance. It's not just luck of the draw. It's for a few. It might happen. It might not happen. There are actual God-given laws and paths that you can take that lead to joy, that lead to peace, that lead to happiness in this life and beyond. But happy is not happenstance. Happy is the result of intentional, intentional alignment with God and his ways. And so when we do things God's way, and, and we talk about this often through the years, two ways to do anything, God's way and what? Any other way. I saw yesterday on social media two ways to do anything the right way or again, okay? And so we want to we do it God's way. So we're looking at some principles and practices, foundation, application, that as we align ourselves with God's ways, it's going to help us in our marriages, in our families, raising our children, how we interact with family and friends and so forth. And so let's go ahead and look in Isaiah chapter 32. Here's an important picture, uh, this uh, desirable. It says the fruit is the result of righteousness. Let's stop on this Old Testament Hebrew word right here. We could say that what this means, the fruit of righteousness, the result of righteousness, really means this. It's doing, it's doing and being right God's way. It's God's way of doing and being right. Okay. That's what righteousness is. So the result of doing and being God's way of doing and being right will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. Look at the next verse. My people, everybody say that's me. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places in secure homes in undisturbed places of rest. Even if you don't have that, sure sounds good, doesn't it? Amen. And that would certainly be the, the goal that we look for. Well, principles, practices that we want to share today is a biggie. This is a biggie, and uh, go ahead and present it to you. This is what we'll be talking about today, time together. Time together. Come on, everybody say it. Time together. I cannot overemphasize the impact, the incredible impact of time together. Also, I have to bring up, though, that time together can also be the problem. You know, sometimes people don't want to be together because there's always a hassle. There's always, there's too much drama. Uh, You know, there's strife. There's unresolved things or whatever it would be. We'll talk about that. There's a, a way to frame our time together that it does produce what God wants for ourselves, for our relationships, for our families. If you're interested, say amen today. But sometimes time together is the problem, and so what do we do? We kind of avoid that. Um, I heard about this old couple. Their names were Earl and Pearl. And they've been married a long time, longer than Pastor Ron and Linda they've been married. 
They'd been in church forever, for decades and decades. They sang in the choir. They, they were always at church. Uh, but they could not get along. So home was just horrible. So one morning, Pearl walks in and talks to Earl and said, Earl, I've been thinking about this. We have to do something about this horrible dilemma that we're in. We just cannot get along. And I think I have an idea. And Earl said, what is it? And she said, well, this is what I think. I think we should pray to the Lord and ask him to take one of us home. <laughs> and then I'll go live with my sister. <laughs> so, I said, that's a good plan. Right? All right. Come on, everybody say time together. <laughs> now, remember that the enemy has a strategy of disintegration. He wants to break us apart. He wants to keep us apart. He wants to break things down, keep them broken down. And so further, I believe there's a conspiracy regarding our time. So we're trying to have time together, but how many of you know time uh, sometimes is rare? Uh, time, it has been said, is the currency of this dimension. So let's compare that a little bit. Currency. Think about currency. Think about money. How many of you know everybody's after your money? You know, anybody ever lost any money? Anybody ever uh, wasted any money? There you are. Yeah. How many of you have committed money to some things that now occur to you? That was stupid, right? You know, and so you're a monthly faith partner with MasterCard and Visa and you know, Macy's and every, everywhere else. And so, you know, that currency, it can be misspent, can be misdirected. It can be spoken for in other areas, and you don't have it for the things that you do wish that you had it. The same is true of time. Time is currency in that way. How many of you know everybody's after your time? And maybe any of you get those sales calls, robocalls, you know, whatever you got. Got have a moment of your time. Do you know what ultimately they want by taking some of your time? They want some of your money, you know. And so we have all of that going on, but with time, how many of you have ever misspent time, wasted time, committed time, too much time to something else, and you don't have time for some other things that are maybe important? And so time is currency of this dimension. So that makes it hard at times to get time together, which is so, so important, as you'll see today here. And realize that you won't just find time. How many of you have ever found money before? in your own pocket. You know those jeans you didn't wash and you didn't wear for a week or two and then you, oh, praise Jesus, you know, and you got some extra money. Um, whenever I find that, I usually think, okay, God, that's for somebody. That may be something you may, you may want to try and find somebody to give that to. But um, we don't typically find time uh, unless your flight got canceled or something. Normally, we have to make time. We have to take time so that we can take and move some time over, that currency over, so that we can have some quality time. Even if we don't always have a quantity of time, you should go for both, quality and quantity. But ideally, what you want for sure is quality time. Now, bear that in mind and think about this. Most things need maintenance. I won't ask you, but some of your cars pulling up today needed maintenance. You know, you need oil change. You need to get that, that squeak checked out, uh, you know, tires rotated, whatever it might would be. I know that this week I need to change my air filters at the house. 
Um, that's maintenance. Some of you, your gutters need to be cleaned out. I personally do not do gutters any, <laughs> anymore. I, I, I hired that out. Uh, but there are all kinds of things in our life that we need to make sure uh, they get their proper maintenance. Guess what else needs maintenance? Families need maintenance. Relationships need maintenance. And uh, much of any present pain or problem you might be dealing with right now actually points to the need for, ma- for maintenance. So if there's something going on in family, something going on with your kids, something going on in the marriage, relationship, whatever it would be, if there are points of pain, if, if there are problems that directs us to the reality, there's probably some need of some maintenance. And some of the best maintenance we can do happens in time together. Now, let me tell you a big old Bible word, and it's this word, fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. It's kind of lost its meaning. It's kind of lost its use. Some traditional churches would have a fellowship hall, and we're going to have a fellowship dinner. Um, Fellowship comes from the New Testament Greek word koinonia. And if we boil it down to its, uh, its core of what it is, it means this, sharing together. Sharing together. Come on, everybody say it. Sharing together. It's to participate in something together, to partner with together in something. And uh, it's, it's fellowship. It's not just eating, okay? And um, a principle that we can gather from Scripture, specifically a spot in, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, I want to show you this principle right here. Fellowship brings joy to relationship. Read that with me. Fellowship brings joy to relationship. Sharing together is what brings joy to the relationship. Let's look at relationship just for a moment. You can have the same last name and live at the same address and not have any joy in the relationship. Maybe other things have happened. Maybe some things never did happen or whatever, but there's not joy in the relationship. How many of you know the goal would be joy in the relationship? You know, nobody, nobody gets married so they can be miserable. Do you take so-and-so and you take so-and-so so you can be sad the rest of your life? <laughs> All right, here we go. Yes. No, nobody, nobody has that plan, you know. And so fellowship brings joy to relationship. It's time together that maintains. It's time together that builds. It's time together that actually will heal and will help. And so fellowship, read it again with me, fellowship brings joy to relationship. And if you know your Bible well, you know that joy is also what? Strength. It's strength. So not only will fellowship bring joy, it will bring strength to your relationships. And remember that the devil's out to break it apart. But if it, the stronger that it is, the harder it will be for him to tear it apart. If you're with me so far, say Amen. So let me share four things with you this morning to help frame this whole idea of time together. It's not just, okay, here we go. Let's have some time together. You know, that's going to be a blast. Uh, There needs to be some things going into that you want to make sure that you, remember, are intentional about. And this will help that time together to be incredible here. So happy families know to give time to give time. Now, I said earlier that time is currency. 
So you could say spend time, but I want to change the spirit of that even a little bit more. You spend because there's a transaction there. You owe something. There's some obligation. And there is that with relationship. But I, I, I like the generosity of this. I want to give this. I don't want to just pay this, so to speak. I want to give this, this time. And there's no substitute for giving time. You know, sometimes we, we've all done this before. You try to appease, you try to appease your children maybe. Here's a cookie or, or here's uh, money or a gift or something. But it never takes the place of time. As a matter of fact, studies show that a lot of people resent that later on. You gave me stuff. I just wanted you. Amen. I just wanted time with you and you gave me stuff. And so there's no, there's no substitute for giving time. And there's a million and one ways to spend time. You know, meals together. And those of you that are my age or older, be careful of this. I'm observing this in restaurants. People my, my age or older, couples especially, sit there, sit in the same booth, but they don't talk anymore. I don't know, maybe they've said it all. I don't know. But find something, you know, to, to talk about. That fellowship brings joy to the relationship. Give time, meals together, walks together, uh, playing games together, telling stories, reminiscing about memories, making plans, all talking about people, not gossiping, but talking about people that you know and love and not spending all your time on politics and what's wrong with the world, but, but the, really with the goal of helping to build relationship. My dad, when I was a little guy, my dad went home to be with the Lord in 1996. And when I was a little guy, before my mom and dad divorced, my dad worked for Frito-Lay. Munch a bunch of Fritos, corn chips, some of you. Some of you. Bet you can't eat just one. Y'all are too young. Okay. Um, they drove this box truck and did deliveries for Frito-Lay and convenience stores and grocery stores. I was just a little guy. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I'd be out in the yard, my dad pull in the neighborhood and pull up and park in the yard next to the driveway in that, in that Frito-Lay truck. I was like the proudest kid on the block. Yeah. All my friends thought, man, you must get chips around the clock. That's right. <laughs> but my dad... He took me sometimes in his truck, and it's a big box truck. Some of y'all will remember this, and it was, you know, it was standard shift and not automatic, and the, and the gear shift was like six feet long, you know. <laughs> and then he'd sit up in the high seat, and then there was a console, and he had all this stuff there. And then there was like this, this well with steps down and out the door, and all the chips were in the back. And, and so when I ride with my dad, I got to stand down in that well and look out the window, and I just felt like I'm in a parade, man, you know. <laughs> And he took me to the warehouse, let me kind of wander around the warehouse a little bit. There were rats at the warehouse. I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell you that, but I'm sure they have it fixed by now. I'm sure. And then this was the best, though. And then we pull up to a grocery store or a convenience store, and I get out with him, and he'd have these boxes on his little hand truck, and we'd go in, and his Frito-Lay uniform on, and I just felt like the biggest kid on earth. And we'd go in, and he'd... You know, he'd take out the old, and that's what we got, the old. And then he'd put, it, he'd put in the new, and, 
and then talk to people. My dad was so good-natured, and then, you know, we, we go home. And here's the reality of this. It probably only happened three, four times. It's one of the biggest and best memories of childhood. Just a little bit of special time on something really cool. And uh, when I retire from ministry, I'm going to work for Frito-Lay. <laughs> probably not. Listen, your, your time is your life. And when you give your time, you give your life. And Jesus said that's one of the greatest expressions of love is to give your time and to give your life. Happy families also know to invest energy. Come on, say it. Invest energy. Look with me in Colossians chapter 3. Whatever may be your task, in this case, our context, we're talking about family, we're talking about relationships here. Whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul as something done for the Lord and and not for men. You need to put some energy in this too. Don't just say, okay, pastor said spend some time, here I am. I think it's a sin to bore the people you love. I, I think it's just wrong to be a bump on the log and just be present but not participating, not contributing. I've been catching myself even lately too. We, we like to play board games around, the, Chris, uh, around the, uh, the kitchen table and so forth. And, and for a while, I said, nah, it's all right. Hey, come on, we're going to play. Nah, it's all right. And I thought, I don't want to be that guy. Because then I end up sitting over here and they sit over here laughing, having a good time, sometimes fighting. <laughs> but I don't want to miss out. What is that? So it just takes a little energy. Come on, everybody say energy. And you just got to invest a little energy, and there's a huge payoff in doing that. I'm going to participate. I'm going to contribute. I want to be a part of that. And it's vital that you do it. Not just time together. I'm here. Yeah, we know you're here. But it's to make sure that you're investing some energy in that as well. Be fully present. Wherever you are, be all there. Amen. Thirdly. Happy families know to speak hope. Come on, say it. Speak hope. Words matter. Come on, y'all. Words matter. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. I, I don't know all of you. I don't know all of your story, but I know this about every one of us. Many of your wounds and many of your limitations today are because of words that were said to you. Mom, dad, neighbor, teacher, coach, friends, bully, stranger, whatever. Words that were said to you have hurt you. And then the areas where you're strong and where you're confident, I'm, I'm telling you what, it's because some words were said to you. I've had parents, friends, siblings, coaches, teachers, band directors, what, whatever, to say things that help to make you. And I've also had those same brand of people say things that break you. And so let, let me say this loud and clear. Loud and clear. Let the language of your house be the language of hope. Let the language of your house be the language of hope. You're to build people up. Tearing down is the devil's work. We're to build people up. Look in Romans 15, 13. And let me tell you, if you're a believer, any believers here? Anybody have trust in God? Okay. You should have hope in your head, hope in your heart, hope in your mouth. Hope on the end, hope in your gizzard. <laughs> Look it up later. You should just have hope. Yeah. 
But we immerse ourselves so much in our culture and social media and the nonstop blather of political television that it dampens and damages and drains off our hope. And instead, we're believers. The, the resurrection of Jesus says you can have hope about anything. That the, that the worst thing is never the last thing. And hope is the anchor for your soul, and we all need an anchor for our soul. Look at this in Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can the people of God say amen? See, hope should be coming out of your mouth. Hope should be the language of you, the language of your house. It's the language of this house. You should build people up. You should encourage them. You should cheer them up. You should cheer them on. You should tell them it's going to be okay. I don't care what's going on. Here's some of the language of this house. Some of the language of this house is God saw this day. Some of the language of this house is you're never alone and you're never without help. Some of the language of this house is watch what God will do. Some of the language of this house is I'm either up or I'm, I'm getting up. It's the language of hope. And so it's not just time together. Well, what do you think about the wall? Should we build the wall? Should we not build it? Just hush. How, how, about, how about build each other up? I'll fund that. Build some lives, build some people, build your marriage, build your kids. Build some people up, have the language of hope, speak hope. Amen. Was I yelling? Sorry. And lastly, happy families know to add value. Come on, say it, add value. You need to leave people and settings and situations better than you found them. You might find yourself in a situation or with people, whatever it would be, and I'm not even going to go into it, but I had a situation that pretty much took up my whole week this week, and I was glad to be a part of it. But you know what? Here was my goal. I'm going to leave. Had to do with my stepdad and his health and hospital visit and so forth. I, I just was determined I'm going to leave him. I'm going to leave his house. I'm going to leave everything better than I found it at the beginning of this week. Amen. You need to add value. You need to add value to people. You need to add value to situations. By your presence, by what you say, by what you do, let people know you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. Put your phone down and look people in the eye. And lean in a little bit and pay attention to them. Let them know, I see you. I hear you. God sees you. God hears you. You're worth this time. You're worth this time. And can I tell you something we all have got to do a better job at? Stop interrupting. Do you know what happens when you interrupt people? Do you, and it may not even be your intention, but you know what it does? You just cut them off and it, and it, it affects their value. I guess my idea and my stuff is dumb. And when you interrupt people, do you know what in essence you're saying to them? Maybe you're not, but this is what it comes off as. What you're saying is so not worth it. And what I have to say is so very important. I must cut you off now. And that's what we would do when we interrupt. And you know what? Let's don't do that. Let's make sure that we add value. Come on, everybody say add value. 
So time together incorporates a number of things, and I just sum them up in this way. T5, your time, your talent, treasure, your touch, your talk. And when you incorporate all of those things, because listen to me, when these things are missing, when these things are in short supply, that is the fertile soil of insecurity. And we all battle that, and we've got to battle this better, folks. We've got to battle this enemy this tool of the enemy of insecurity. That is the root of anxiety. That is the root of self-doubt. This is the thing that sidelines your gifts and limits your potentials. And it, and, it, and it silences your dreams. Instead, home, family, relationships is to be this greenhouse, is to be this safe zone. That people are built and nurtured and watered and prepared and repaired and loved and healed. It's a place where we can grow and thrive and flourish because we spend time together. We give time. We invest energy. We speak the language of hope. We add value to those people. And I'm telling you what, that that becomes the fertile soil for people to become more and more happy and stable, and fruitful, and blessed, so they can be a blessing and fill the ultimate goal, which is to bring glory to God. And one of the the tools, hear me, hear me, the tool, I cannot overemphasize this enough, is the need for time together. Time together will nurture, it will maintain, it will heal. If you do it within this framework, making sure those elements are there. And I think it's a beautiful thing that what God has designed and what God will do in our lives, our families, and our relationships. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Good deal. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.